Welcome to First Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. So welcome to episode seven of season three. We don't usually do more than six, but I wanted to start releasing episodes on a non-seasonal basis in order to keep giving you guys some good content without having to wait a whole year. So I um, hope you guys appreciate that. Also, I want to coincide this launch with the release of our new website, firstgenburden.com. It's going to be an ongoing archive of all the episodes, and that should be out today or tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. It looks really good. So thanks to Andrew Maruska and House of 207 and Desjin for getting that out there. It's really exciting. Today, we talked to Ty Turner, a wardrobe stylist for TV and entertainment, having worked with MTV, BET, and Jordan Brand on shows like Wild and Out, TRL, 106 and Park, 50 Central, and also with the likes of uh, Kevin Hart, Nick Cannon, Charlemagne the God. Uh, we get into her family's origins in Ghana and West Africa and what it was like growing up in Brooklyn, as well as her new project, Envision Fest. It's a new festival uh, geared towards young female empowerment. It sounds really, really amazing. That's coming in October. Uh, we also talk about how she initially broke into the entertainment business through the music industry, her love of fashion, and how important it it is to be yourself in an industry driven by perception. Uh, before we get into that, though, I just want to give it up to Des Jin. Des Jin is an American modern gin with a mission to unite design with the spirit industry. Design both inside and out, it merges the traditional and the unconventional. So thanks uh, again to Des Jin, especially thanks right now for really helping up get the uh, the new site off the ground. So, so a little background on today's conversation. Uh, we had this in Ty's wardrobe studio, and it was really cool to see her space and her environment. And uh, aside from Ty's style, which is her livelihood, one thing I really admire about her is her work ethic. And I think this conversation speaks a lot to that. So here we go with stylist Ty Turner. We're living in a world where you literally as an individual have to become your own media company yeah you do actually can you just talk in real close <laughs> oh can you hear me yes there okay, you go perfect. now you're modulating okay great perfect Yo, yeah ty turner hey what's up happy friday happy friday oh man summer's almost over no more summer fridays i'm <laughs> i'm kind of depressed but oh <laughs> it's still hot in new york city so i'm not tripping exactly it it doesn't not feel like summer in new york right now yeah yeah it's definitely hot and sticky <laughs> and i can guarantee you it smells on canal street <laughs> so yeah well the humidity is uh fucked up out there yeah yeah it's, it's at an all-time high everyone smells everyone reeks of something disgusting yeah that's true yeah damn i co-sign on that and i feel bad for co-signing yeah that. well so i true. mean it's it's weird like in new york city after a certain amount of time I would say, like, after July 15th, New York starts to stink. Yes. After a while. Like, you yes. walk in every corner, you're like, oh, my God, what is that smell? You right. know what I mean? And you can't identify it because there might be a homeless person there. There's also a sweaty, you know, Uber guy running right, around. Right, exactly. Plus, you're sweaty. So, yep. you're just like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. <laughs> it's nasty. So, <clears throat> All right. So, welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. I'm so happy that you're... I'm so glad you're having me. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for being lot. here. Or thank you for having me here in your space. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm, like, kind of absorbing everything about you right now it's a little jacked up because it's full of clothes and a little unorganized and messy but it's quiet 
No, so. but that's fine. I mean, I mean, I love sneakers, and I'm looking at at least two fresh pairs of Jordan ones. Absolutely, just Absolutely. hanging out. Yeah, yeah, they're just chilling. You know, just they're not working today. You know, <laughs> got it. They're not working. They're not working have today. Have been lived in at all? They have been lived in. Um, I think Sway wore them got the it. other day, got only it. one time so far, and then he's worn those. Oh, the Speckle yep. Royals. Yep, the Speckle Royals. Probably gotcha. like. Maybe two or three times by now. What's in that big Air Force One box? I don't know. Let's see. Hold yeah. On. Let's see. Hold I on. I can hold that. Oh, it's a top man box. Yes. An empty box. Sometimes we'll store like male accessories, female accessories, and just random shoe boxes that are empty. Got it. So, sorry guys. Uh, well. No no free Jordans here. <laughs> <laughs> not for us anyway. Yeah, no, no. Not for us. Those were the good old days. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, I just uh, would love to have you start as we usually start with, just uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, like where you come from, where your family comes from, and okay. then let's just start from there. Um. Well, let's see. My name is Ty. Well, on Instagram, I'm known as Ty Turner. My real name is Taisha Ampadu. Uh, I live on Turner Place. Got it. Uh huh. And Ty is short for Taisha. Okay. My name is spelled T Y S H A. Does your ID say Ty Turner? No, but Doesn't? literally on call sheets. And I mean, when I say call sheets, I mean all call sheets at like on all sets I'm on. They put Ty Turner, and I'm like, guys, don't you write me a check for Ty Turner? That's not my real name. <laughs> And you're not trying to incorporate no. Ty Turner? No, not really. Well, I thought about it. The only reason why I used that name is because I wanted to become a DJ at some point. So the Turner was supposed to be the fricker, 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 fresh. Got you know it. what I mean? That's what the turn thing came from. And then I happened to live on Turner Place. But then, Insight. Yeah, the DJ thing didn't work out. Well, I really didn't look into it. It was just a thought. And then I was like, I'm not carrying, you know, crazy crates of records and stuff. I'm yeah. just not that committed. And I didn't want to be like... A iPad DJ, right? Necessarily too, you know what I mean. I really want to own the craft, but um, I'm from Brooklyn, born and raised. Um, my mom and my dad are from West Africa, Ghana. Uh, they're crazy. They're a crazy bunch. My dad's like George Jefferson, and my mom's just like African European Diana Ross kind of lady. She's like a blend of two. Oh wow! And then they made me. Wow. Yeah. So it's cool. And they were born there. Born yeah, they were born there. and raised there, and came here. here. Yeah, so I'm literally first generation Ghanaian American. That's cool. Yeah, I am the child of an immigrant. That's dope. Yeah, that that is dope, and I'm glad. Did they meet here? Where they met there? No, they met there. They okay. met there. My dad came here, caught a job, told her to come out. You know, they thought about me, I guess, one random night, and boop, here I am. <laughs> Voila! <laughs> Amazing. So you know. But um yeah yeah and and I'm pretty much a Brooklyn girl born and raised in New York all my life um I went to Sheepshead Bay High School I went to FIT for a slight a short while and then also Pace at one point mm. so you know I've I've done a little bit of everything um but I ventured into styling so that's okay. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. It's um, good. I would love to hear a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. Um, in the beginning about like how your culture affected your childhood and also your creativity and your spirit mm-hmm. and um, you know, how, how all that plays into what makes Ty Turner. Because I know you to be like one of the most fashionable human beings up in here. Guys, I'm gonna give him twenty dollars after the podcast. <laughs> just just know that, okay? But thank you. I, I do appreciate it. I do have a love and a passion for clothing. I hate to say passion for fashion. It sounds so cliche. Sure. But I do have a passion for clothing. You know, um, I enjoy clothes to the utmost. I don't take it too seriously though. Like some people take it really seriously. Uh 
it's for me it's not that important but i do understand the importance of presentation sure you know and and how someone can perceive you before you even speak so if you have the ability and the power to present yourself in a certain way you should do so at whatever cost possible you know was that always uh, ingrained in you as a kid was, you know what it's weird yeah, I think it does come from my parents because I really didn't anticipate I really thought I would be some kind of entertainer or, or something of some sort but as I look at my life and look at old pictures and stuff I do realize that my mom had me in all these poofy dresses um, I went to Catholic school most of my life oh so did I yeah yeah I went to Holy Innocence okay. um, over in Brooklyn and we would have like random Fridays where you could dress up and my mom would like dress me to the nines and picture day was always to the nines and stuff didn't think too much about it uh catholicism or just like religiousness yeah well in in ghana i would say the vast majority of uh, religions are islam okay and christianity okay so um and in ghana they definitely believe in something it's very rare you're going to come across someone that's not into anything got it got yeah. it got it that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah so <clears throat> same with the philippines it's like, really yeah it's like 80 percent uh christian skewing catholic and then there was like a strong 10 to 15 percent i think muslim contingent interesting in the north. yeah wow i didn't know that yeah hmm, i'll have to check that out yeah um i went to catholic school not so much because we were at catholics but i think back in the day you know, it, your options were very limited if you wanted to raise your children in a decent upbringing or setting. So it was either public school, which wasn't really the safest at the time back in the day, and Catholic school, Got it. where you could kind of have your kids slightly controlled. Gotcha. So um, that's why I'm sure that's why my parents opted to take us to Catholic school. And for we the were, control. Yeah, for, for the control, for the little bit of control when they weren't there. They know that we would have someone to put us in check, um, especially growing up in Flatbush, Brooklyn, right. you know, and crimes at an all-time high, more or less. And then, you know, drugs are, are big. The crack era is big. All that's big. So I think just to kind of keep us out of the mix of any of that kind of stuff, sure. why not get them completely grounded with religion and education at the same time? And you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Her name's Tiana. She's an occupational therapist. She's the complete opposite of me. <laughs> oh, is she the grounded one? Yeah, she's she's the grounded one. I am, unfortunately, I'm late often. She's always on time. Her stuff is always organized. I'm really the messy kind of person, you know? So right. we're, we're like black sheep. I'm like the black sheep of the family. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my yeah. older sister is the responsible one. Really? Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm responsible too, but I'm um, a little bit more of a free spirit. Ah, for sure. I like that. I'm yeah. going to start using that. One. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of the uh, the yin and yang of that whole situation. Yeah, I feel the same way. That That's exactly how my sister is. Um, she's definitely put together nicely, and I'm a beautiful mess. <laughs> there you go. See, that's a great you know way to put I mean? it. I'm, I'm a beautiful mess. There she's put together nicely. I'm the beautiful mess. So, <laughs> you know, but all in, all in all, like, I'm definitely great hearted. You know, and with my sister and I, she's a little so responsible. People are wondering who's the older one. Really? All the time, yeah. They're always like, are you the the older one? She's like, no, she is. I'm like, "Uh, hey. (laughs) So. Don't you you think that's atypical a little bit? Like, or the older one is usually, tends to be the the A type or like, you know, the uh, The the square. Yeah, yeah, the less crazy Mm -hmm. one. Do you you feel that? The, The younger one, you mean? No, the older one. I, 
because I'm the baby and like and my, yeah. I'm the baby of the family. Really? Yeah. So they always like, oh, Rich is crazy. Really? Yeah. I guess you. I, it's it's really different for me. I, I mean, as an older child, the oldest child too, and one of two, I felt the responsibility to be slightly more responsible. Sure. Not the same. Not. I'm not saying you're not responsible. Oh no 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 yeah. no. Uh, well, I'm. I definitely am a hot mess from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I did feel the obligation to be slightly more responsible, or I should say more aware of the decisions I make, because I knew she was watching me. Ah, uh, okay. You know what I she mean? She being your sister? Yeah. She being my sister, Tiana being my sister. Got it. I knew she would be watching me from time to time and the decisions I made. But also just as someone that isn't mature at the time, you can't help the decisions you make. You make your decisions most of the time based on emotion Yep. when you're younger. So she was there to witness my bad decisions and me, you know, chasing some wild boy and she would run back and tell my mom like, Hey, I know where she's at. She's at, she's hanging out with the boys at the at yep. the basketball court, you yep, know, yep, like yep. little sisters do, they blow up spots. So that was pretty interesting for the most part, but gotcha. yeah, she was great. How much did your culture play into the whole upbringing? I would say my culture played a big, it was a big part of my upbringing because growing up with African parents, you know, and me being an American kid right. growing up. I'm like, so curious about that dynamic. Yeah, it, it's such time. a clash. It was it was great because your parents installed everything that they know into you. But at the same time, you're going outside and you're learning American culture. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like, hey, mom, can I go hang out at my cu- Can I go hang out at, you know, Tanisha's house? I want to spend a night. Your mom is turning around. She's like, oh, are you crazy? No. You have cousins right here. Why do you, what? Is your bed broken or something? And I'm like, no, it's not broken. Yeah, but then why do you want to go out? It doesn't make sense. Stay here. I made fufu for you. You eat that. And you're like, all right, well, I kind of want a spaghetti. Spaghetti? What spaghetti? Like, you know what I mean? So right. it's always like a clash between the two almost. And, and it's weird trying to figure out your identity at the time. Just growing up with African parents and the dynamic of it was really, really interesting. And it was hard trying to figure out my identity at one point. But it's such a beautiful thing. It really is, you know, especially as you get older, you appreciate where you're from even more because you can identify with something. Yeah. You know, so um, it was great. I mean, we had some tough times because we just didn't understand each other because here I am trying to be the cool American kid, cool American black girl. And my mom's just like, I I don't even understand how to deal with you. Like there was one time I cut school. I think my first time cutting school was in the eighth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Catholic school. My best friend went to public school. She was in Catholic school. I think her dad couldn't afford to pay it anymore. Mm -hmm. So he put it in a local public school, which was in the neighborhood. Um, She was like, yo, there's a hooky party. You should come through. Your mom doesn't go to work. My mom was a nurse at the time. She was like, your mom doesn't go to work till about two. So that's great. After she leaves, you know, let's go to a hooky party. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I'll fake out and not go to school. I'll stay at your house. We'll go to the hooky party. I don't know how my mom found out, but she did. And um, she just didn't know how to handle me. And like most immigrant parents, when they can't handle their kids, they just send them back to their to their country. You know what I mean? So like my mom found out, dragged me to the passport place. I took a passport picture. No. Yeah, she threatened. She bought me a ticket to Ghana and was like, listen. And you've never been to Ghana? Never been to Ghana yet. How old are you? Uh, I'm probably eighth grade. What, what age is that? 13? Uh, about 13 12 yeah yeah so you're just gonna go live with like aunties and uncles or something yeah like that was the plan she was like you want to be disrespectful you want to be ungrateful 
to be in this country when you could really be where I'm from. Let me go show you where I'm from. That's They're gonna such cut off your hair. Thing. Yeah, That's such an immigrant. It's an immigrant go to. Well, right. If you feel if they the minute they feel like their kids are being out of control and yes. they can't handle them, going back home, booking them straight back one flight. Wow. And she was like, you know, you're gonna go out there, and I already knew because I already had cousins that were out there, and they've told me they were telling me horror stories like, yo, dude, they cut your hair, you know, you can't get what you want, you got to sleep in the room with other people, mm-hmm. like all kinds of stuff. So it was like a catastrophe for me. I must have like begged her a week straight, just like crying, not to, for her to take me. Damn. <clears throat> and then it's where the biggest punishment from the school was because, of course, she told my school that I ran, I cut school to go to a hooky party. Um, they had made, they made sure I stayed in the the first grade. Okay. They made, they put me in the first grade class for about a week. The principal put me in the first grade cl- class for about a week and made me write scriptures for the Bible. <laughs> like a week straight that and, sounds oh, terrible man, it was bad it was bad first of all the first graders were really mean to me okay. mind you i'm an eighth grader okay <laughs> when they were when we were taking water breaks i was in the back of the line had to wait till everyone went and were you were you typically like a, a good student up until that point yeah i was pretty i was a pretty good student i was i was definitely i've never been like an a plus student sure but i've been a pretty good student well, you weren't like an unruly kid though oh no not at all popular Pop, got it. More so popular, but not unruly at all. Like, if I'm the type of kid, like, if oh, you told me so to be they, quiet. Maybe they thought they just had to check you. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously they sold a conspiracy. Dude. Yeah. You had to, like, and then the first graders were laughing at me, and they were like, what are you here for? You're so big. And I, like, I'm a grown woman right now, today, and I, I remember that scene. Yep. And writing scriptures from the Bible. They yep. literally made me write the whole New Testament. Damn. And I was just like, this is... It's a little crazy towards the end of that book, huh? Oh, my God. I mean, I <laughs> it's a little that, nuts. I mean, literally, <laughs> you know? So it, it kind of set me straight. But um, yeah, the, the culture the culture upbringing is interesting when you have immigrant parents. But it's beautiful. It's just a, There's just a slight miscommunication at the time. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's so hilarious. It was good. It was good, though. Um, so when, do you, when did, were you... Uh, it, getting interested in fashion and when when did your your sense of self-presentation start coming into your world and you know when did when did it start really like coalescing for you i think it really well it's weird looking at my mom and my dad my mom was heavily into well both of my parents are like my mom and my dad obviously dressed the european way mm-hmm. you know slacks pants but when they had to go to traditional events they would wear the african garbs so I just love the the difference between the two of them as far as like them being able to throw on something that was traditional sure. and rock that to a party or a funeral. But then my dad can also throw on a dapper suit sure. the next day. Was there a big African contingent in Flatbush? Uh, not too big. At the time, there might have been. But normally, a lot of Africans are in the Bronx. Got it. But I would say the second, I, I would say the, the second concert, more concentrated place would be Brooklyn outside of the Bronx. It's pretty concentrated um, as far as Ghanaians. So, um, yeah, at the time, though, that seemed to be, like, the hot spot. And, you know, just reflecting on my parents and stuff, I just, they were probably at this time, like, in their 30s, so they were out and about like crazy, you know? I think that's what kind of piqued my interest with clothing, just seeing my mom and my dad kind of maneuver that two-dimensional way of expressing themselves. Got it. You know what I mean? What's the wildest stuff that you saw your parents wear? 
Um, <clears throat> I'd love to because my dad used to wear some wild stuff. Really and it inspired me. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of any wild things that I think with my mom's, my mom and my dad, it would it, it would really be the African garment, and it's wild for me at the time as a young girl looking at it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you're young, you're just kind of influenced more about which your surroundings. You think your surroundings are what you're supposed to be. Right. You know, but <clears throat> I think the wildest things would be that. But my mom and my dad were pretty, they were pretty dope. My dad had a cool sense of style. It was weird because one day he would go from, like, my dad was like a limo driver. So he would go from being this guy wearing African garb to wearing a full suit like at a black one point. and white suit. Like a cool black and white yeah. suit to wearing like lecoq sportif throwback like velour sweatsuit like a drug dealer oh that's so he was like three things at the same time on any given week you know what i mean i'm like daddy like like what what's up what's going on i'm like okay you you get fly you know what i mean because he's (laughs) kind of like hang out like my dad wasn't your typical driver like he kind of had clients so he would like drive around like lenny kravitz and stuff like that as well wow did yeah. that influence you growing up or oh, hearing those stories at all? Oh, well, you know, slightly because I would see it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Did but, Lenny Kravitz ever come to the house? No, I oh. wish. But he would. I would be. We would be like, Daddy. You know, why are you home so late? He was like, Oh, I drove Lenny Kravitz to this club and we hung out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he used to drive around Bono and a couple of cool things. And it's weird because now that I think about it, I don't. I need to find out if he has any cool stories. You know, if he did, I probably don't remember it. Right. But I definitely remember him like driving around Lenny Kravitz and Bono and downtown Julie Brown. Like we, I've seen pictures of him with so, downtown Julie Brown. Wow, that's that's amazing. Ain't that but, crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. But how does your dad get clientele like that <laughs> or get in that scene? Well, it's weird. I guess you know when you're working with a limo company, they're the ones that Got have it. the connects with the celebrities. So my dad is pretty. He's pretty. He's a pretty impressionable person. Sure. Like he's one of those people you meet and you never forget and you just connect with him. Right. His energy is like at an all time high, my dad. So um, it doesn't surprise me that he would book a job picking up Lenny Kravitz and becoming a friend of some sort where Lenny's like, hey, I'm in New York. Come pick me up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't surprise me at all that he would have ter- those people would be turned into private clients. So then your dad's probably like absorbing their energy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like catching a vibe. Yeah, yeah, just I'm catching sure a vibe. Down. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I think also like eighties, late eighties, nineties, like, you know, sweatsuits and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think a lot of when it comes to like black men sometimes, they're not always like they're not always in a suit. Yep. They have days that they want to dress up and they have days where they're super cash and chilling and it's a sneaker look, but it might be like a velour sneaker look. Mm-hmm. And the guy might be 50 years old, you know, and see that, you know what I mean? As yeah, opposed totally. to sometimes you'll see older men and they're, they feel like they have to wear khakis and a polo shirt. And it's like, mm, no, like, you know what I mean? It's not even that comfortable. Yeah, it's not comfortable. But for some reason, I think they feel like they have to stay in a box. And sure. I feel like um, with black men, as, at least with my dad in the past, I've always known him to kind of just wear whatever he felt like wearing at right, the time. Right, right, right. You know? Um, <clears throat> but as far as crazy outfits, they didn't have anything too crazy at the time. The the African garb seemed crazy to me, but mm-hmm. as I'm older now, it just, it was a traditional thing more than crazy, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah but my, my mom would change her hairstyle from time to time. You know, one minute she would have like a cute short boy boyish kind of haircut, like a Lauren Hill kind of hairstyle yeah. right now to um salt and pepper you know where one side is Which short one? 
pepper. Oh, okay. Yep. One side would be short, the other side would be long. You know what I mean? So sure. she was oh, like heavily, the asymmetrical. Yeah, the asymmetrical. Yeah. She would rock that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. With your two little kids taking them to Catholic school with your African <laughs> accent. Okay. You know, but like my mom, too, like the whole thing? Uh, I think the picture that I saw of her, it was like an old picture I saw of her. She didn't have on door knockers. I think she had on hoops. But, you know, my mom even told me that, you know, when she first came into the country, she would pop, she would shop at Patricia Field. What is that? Patricia Field is like one of the iconic stores. Well, Patricia Field is the costume designer for Sex in the City. Oh, okay. But she also had a store in the East Village. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was shopping there a couple years ago before it closed. I would shop there like in my 20s or whatever. And I would come in with the bag and she'd be like, oh, that's cute. Where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I got it at Patricia Field. She'd be like, oh, yeah, I used to shop there when I was younger too, when I first came to the country. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay, queer, I see you, girlfriend. (laughs) You know? But to know Patricia Field has that long of a resume. Yes. Where she had a store that was inspiring fashion lovers from my mom to myself. Yeah. I yeah. think that's amazing. That is amazing. You know what I mean? I, I think that was amazing that we shared that common thread. You know what I mean? Yeah, for but, sure. <clears throat> yeah, but my mom, you know, I'm trying to think of crazy things in pictures. I, I really haven't seen anything. It was like your typical bell bottoms, you know, super high shoes. That's one thing that my dad wore that was super crazy. Yep. The, the high, high heel shoes that men and women used to wear at the time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen pictures with him rocking oh, yeah. those with the bell bottoms. Like on that, like a uh, Rick James tip. Very Rick James, very yeah. whispers from the, the 70s. Like yes. everybody was doing that. Um, the Jerry Curl. My right. dad had a Jerry Curl. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. all, all that. Like hardcore, but, some real black people shit. You know <laughs> did, what I mean? Did, did his, uh, was his shirt unbuttoned all oh, the way down? Oh, absolutely. All the way down to like the belly button. <laughs> it's like cold, it's hair. like cold out. Just like. Yo, straight crazy. Crazy. Just like couple gold chains although i feel like this city everything comes back so intensely also side note mm-hmm. i was i was uh, i always have this thought every summer in new york i'm like this is such a city where it's uh it, it's a topless city to yeah. me mm-hmm. where uh where anyone can just walk down the street no shirt and it's just it's just new york like especially when you be seeing uh, photos uh, from like seventies and eighties of uh, especially dudes in like shorts, short gym shorts, but just chilling, like just white like sneakers. Yep, socks. And, yeah, socks. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is one of those few cities where you can just walk around with no shirt and people just don't even bat an eye. You, you know what? It's crazy. And New York has no shock value. No shock value. No shock value at all. There's nothing you will see that will shock you. Yes. In New York, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what makes this such a beautiful liberating city totally but it's also kind of weird because you look at it you turn around you're like man am i normal for walking past this topless lady right because you're like shit i gotta get to work man right are you the normal one because you're ignoring it right or Or is she right or she normal was she the normal one for being in this liberating city? Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. So it makes you it makes you wonder. It's it's really like a mind thing. Do you remember this male model who um, he did a lot of stuff for? I guess like uh, do you remember the, sh- uh, the store called Nom de Guerre? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, that Nom de Guerre on Broadway ish, uh-huh. by where like the Swatch store is. Yep, yep. And then I remember for one of their lookbooks, they used this dude mm-hmm. who looked um, Hispanic or like from like a, a Aztecian mm-hmm. or, or um, possibly Native American, uh-huh. uh, potentially. Uh, and but he had two long horse braids, huh. split like split down, like would we'll go to his like, like his lower back, uh-huh. um, split down the middle. 
like jet black hair and but he was known for um walking around uh in his underwear really yeah i remember seeing him in les one day i was like oh that's the dude the dude that walks around in his underwear are you serious yeah underwear male model guy <laughs> oh wow yeah but it was such an aggressive look because he had the, the horse braids of course and and uh, like not tidy whities but like you know just like black underwear underwear um but what tidy kind whitey of shoes asked, what was, um, shoes? was like uh, black loafers <laughs> yeah wow we wearing black loafers and uh, he had like a thin mustache uh-huh. just standing on the on the on a corner with a grocery bag plastic grocery just bag just chilling just chilling just like going around his errands and uh yeah this stuck in my mind but going back to the whole like the like new york questioning or like questioning what what is normal yeah. and like our our levels of you know social Normality. Yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. um yeah the city the city's just a city and like anyone's free to be themselves it's yep. so interesting yeah and then it's weird because it kind of leaves you in a jaded space because you've seen it all right to the point where even if you haven't seen it all, you wouldn't be shocked because you yes. know, you've seen a lot. You know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, well, I got to get to work. So <laughs> I, I think I'm it's busy. great. Right. Like, honestly, if Tupac stopped me on the shoulder and like was like, hey, do you know how to get to Lexington? I'd be like, listen, bro, I got to go to work. Yeah. I, don't, like, I know that you're resurrected and all. <laughs> right. But I got to get to work. I got a <laughs> meeting at nine and I don't want to hear no shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's how it, that's the vibe out here. Like, it, it's yeah. nothing moves but the money. Urgency. Out here. Yeah. Nothing moves but the money. That's true. You know, so. You know, but if Tupac does stop me, I totally wouldn't do it. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I was like, like, wait, in this reality that <laughs> but, you're right. creating right now, oh my God. you would really ignore like a resurrected Tupac. You know what I mean? But I mean, I probably would just in the midst of just being in that New York zone of mm-hmm. having to get things done with the urgency that we have here. Right. I don't know why we have that urgency, but we do. One time I was coming out of, um, this is just a random story mm-hmm. with the whole Tupac thing. One time I was coming out of Extra Butter. Okay. <gasps> extra Butter. Yeah. And I, I like Extra Butter a I lot. I love that spot. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the spot's super dope. I, I remember it came out of there one night uh, on a Friday night. I was, I was with my lady, mm-hmm. and um, they were kind of closed, but they were like, "Yeah, you guys can come in." They, you can tell they just finished like some sort of a uh, shoot of some sort, right? Yeah. I come out, um, um, not having bought anything. We're just like, you know, we like to browse. Okay. Um, but then um, open the door, and uh, Chris Brown's just standing right there, just chilling, just chilling. Um, but you can tell that the shoot was for him, and he uh-huh. had done a thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then me and Allie, we were just like, oh, huh, that was Chris Brown. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta, right. yeah, we gotta, See? yeah, we gotta go to dinner. Like, babe, we got reservations. That's cool. That's great <laughs> yeah. for Chris Brown, but we got res. Yeah, so. it was so random. That's so crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, listen, being in New York and growing up in New York, like. It's it's really like a blessing like no other. And I mean, granted, maybe we feel that way or I feel that way because I've seen a lot of icons here casually back in the day. Like, yes. I would, you know, I would sneak into Bentley's, this club named Bentley's. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you know a lot about the old New York, New York had a huge club scene when yes. it came to the whole hip hop thing. So you had the tunnel, you had Bentley's, you had Club Envy, you had don hill you had all these cool spots and you would just see these random big time artists just hanging out yep you know what i mean and yeah they had security but it did they didn't have as much security yeah for some reason so you could roll up on anyone you know yeah. what i mean like you could roll up on biggie you would see tupac in the tunnel yeah. you would see shine at the tunnel you would see ghostface and raekwon at the palladium totally just hanging out you yeah. know what i mean so 
the the beauty of New York is awesome. There was that one street in Soho called Eighth Street where everyone used to hang out at the time, and that's when Jay Z wasn't really as big of a, a rapper. So he was he used to drive around on Eighth Street in like a white Benz, mm-hmm. hanging out. I think kind of still rapping, but you know, just kind of just putting out reasonable doubt probably you know right. what I mean but 8th Street used to be the hot spot the basketball courts in Soho used to be the hot spot you know what I mean I remember running into little Kim randomly and I was like oh I could sing and she's like okay go ahead sing and I'm like oh I'm shy <laughs> oh that could have been I'm your like, moment oh, Ty no, you know. missed out no oh. you have no idea I have yeah, so fine. many encounters with <laughs> celebrities she's like yeah for real girl I was like yeah I'm from Brooklyn I could sing she's like alright go ahead hit it and I was like oh girl but I'm going shy. back to the whole not shocked thing like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like if they're they're probably like they probably seen everything plus absolutely by that point. So they're just like, yeah, just just do it. Yeah, just do it. Because I might do something crazy right now. Who knows? You know? <laughs> like literally, you know. So it's a beautiful. Like I might thing. spit bars right now. Who knows? Yeah, like like come on, girl. And I was like, ooh, I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dweeb now. Um, looking no, at I'm it in sure hindsight, you're doing but just fine. you know, yeah, yeah, I'm not, t- I'm not doing too shabby, you know. <laughs> Make mama proud, but um, exactly, yeah, but yeah. So that's always been kind of cool, just you know, growing up in in New York and stuff, and um, just being influenced by all kinds of fashions and stuff. But my parents, I would say, are definitely the one, the t- the two people that have influenced me heavily when it comes to clothing and piqued my interest on right. clothes. Right, um, and then it began. Uh, I would say probably like around the eighth grade where, oh no, it wasn't eighth. I would say around fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth, sixth grade is when I started um, getting, becoming a little passionate about fashion where it was like, if I knew there was a party happening. Passionate about fashion? Yeah. That's when I'm, and when I, and I'm going to get to it. Basically, like if there were, there was a party that I knew was happening on a Saturday at the roller skating ring, I already had it in my head what I wanted to wear. Yeah. And I would like hit Flatbush, hit downtown with my best friend and would be ape shit mad if I couldn't find that specific thing. Like right. It had to be like a Levi jean in a certain shade and it had to be, you know, a Benetton shirt mm-hmm. or whatever it was. But in my head, it needed to be that. And if it wasn't, I was like losing it. Right. So that's when I wanted to kind of go into like making my own clothes because I was like, no one's putting the stuff out that I want to see. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Super upset. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely would say that when that's when I noticed I had a problem. It wasn't like, oh, just just get this shirt. It's fine and go to the party. It was like, no, if I don't get this shirt, I'm not going to the party. Oh, really? oh yeah, it was like that. That's so interesting. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> I have a story where um, I was probably around 16, sophomore year in high school. Daddy takes me and my sister. We go to Massachusetts. Um, you know, someone was pa- someone had passed away. So in tradition, there's a funeral. Yep. But the funeral is more like a celebration of life kind of party. So daddy takes my sister and I. We all go to Massachusetts to Worcester, to be exact. And um, we hang out there for the weekend because mm-hmm. one of his friend's family members dies. Um, my daddy's like, hey, here's $100. I know you're into this whole fashion thing. Go to Marshalls, see what you could get. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Daddy, the stuff is way cheaper de- up there than down here in sure. New York. Because Marshalls used to be the place. Yeah, Marshalls. What was the other spot? There was TJ Maxx. No. T- it was like a TJ Maxx. So Filings like basement. Maybe it was Filings. I don't. I don't remember. But it was one of those kind of spots. The, sure. the names. Um, Hoffman Coos. <laughs> 
definitely not hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was just, I was just spitting off but, uh, but like, childhood memories. You know, Daddy, I'd be like, Daddy, can I have hundred dollars? He's like, Here, here's a hundred dollars. I want you to go get some stuff. So you know me, I'm like, What? Okay, I'm gonna see because they got all the guest stuff. They got the Tommy stuff. They got all this stuff. So I go there with my sister. And my best friend at the time, because we brought her for the weekend. And we go and I fall in love with a pair of guest jeans. But then I also fall in love with a Tommy shirt that had these ski men going down the Tommy shirt. And okay. the polo shirt. Okay. <clears throat> polo sportsman shirt. Oh. So, but this was like uh, uh, Americana sports. Mm-hmm. like Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So at that time, you know, I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm like, like this Perry perfect. Ellis and, yeah. Yep. That whole Perry Ellis fa- era yeah. and all that stuff. Big color blocking. Gotcha. Yeah. So exactly so i'm like oh damn i only got a hundred dollars but i gotta get the guest jeans because everybody's wearing gas i need gas you know plus i only have like five pairs of guest jeans but these were the mustard ones i had to get them you know what i mean so i got those i was like i'm gonna get those but i can't get the the polo shirt and the tommy shirt so i'm like shit but we have to leave my dad's not gonna give me more money so what did i do I purchased the jeans and the polo shirt and was like, well, no one's going to see me take this. So I attempted to steal the Tommy shirt and put the shirt in my pants. Okay. Right? Okay. So I'm walking Brazen. out. Brazen. Tri- I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Right. And my best friend's like, girl, just do it. And she's not my best friend anymore. Mind you. Anyone okay? who encourages you to steal Boys is not girls. your friend. Boys and girls. <laughs> not your friend. Okay. Um. So, of course, I walk out and I get arrested. Shit. Was like, there a tag on it? Uh, I think there might have been a sense. I don't think there was a sense. I think they saw me do it. Got it. Because I'm an amateur and I have no business doing that in sure. the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not how I, ra- I was raised. That's not what I'm good at doing. So, of sure. course, I would get caught, you dumb dummy. Totally. Young Taisha. You know what I mean? <laughs> Young Ty. Yeah. So, I get caught. I get stopped by the security guard, whatever, whatever. They call my mom. They call my dad. My mom is giving my ripping my dad a new asshole because she's like, I leave you with the kids for the weekend. This is why I don't let you hang out with them by, the, by yourselves. You can't handle them all the time. And she's stealing now? <laughs> now you got her stealing. You know she's a, a child. You know she already has a trouble. She's in trouble because, of course, I had the issue with the whole Ghana thing and right, cutting school. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? They thought I was a demon yeah. child. Oh my God. Oh my That's, gosh. That scripture didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So wow. at the time, I get caught for that. And, you know, um, my dad goes crazy. He starts crying because he's like, What did I do? Where did I go wrong? I'm like, Daddy, this is the first time I'm doing it. You're tripping. It's not a big deal. You should have right. gave me more money. <laughs> Put it back on him. <laughs> oh, there absolutely. I was like, You should have given me more money. I told you I needed more money, Daddy. You know what I mean? So, uh, long story short, you know, I ended up, you know, it, I got slapped on a wrist because I had no prior sure. arrest or anything like that. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just someone that really liked clothes. Yeah. And I, I'm just not one that settles. So I would just, I was like, well, I got to take both. Oh, I'm not one that settles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I got to take both. If I can't have what I want, I got to take both. Yeah. I, I need options as Cardi B would say. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, so um, that was cool. But, but I definitely knew those tiny little things were messages to me like okay you you really like this clothing thing yes this is this is kind of your thing you like it you enjoy it you know so um that was that was one of my stories or that was one of my signs where i was like okay i'm I'm heavily into this you know and then there'd be times i would date a guy and i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't like him necessarily because he didn't own a pair of tims yeah (laughs) 
know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, like, like just real, like <laughs> high standard. <laughs> it's intense. I'm like, wait a minute. He doesn't he, have Tim's. He doesn't I have can't any date Tim's. him. He doesn't own any Tim's. What if he had scuffed Tim's? Oh, that's even worse. It's even worse because even he doesn't worse. take care of his Tim's. Oh my god, exactly. But what if you? Okay, so if you come to a guy's apartment and then you see that he has Tim's, and he also has like the suede brush. Yeah. And he has a suede brush, and he's good. It's like, is that acceptable? Oh, well, that's definitely acceptable yeah, well, at that, this age. But that's at, a preferred, right? Yeah. But if you caught me in my younger years, yes, I was on some shallow, hollow shit. Like, super shallow. Like, I don't wow. even understand. And the guy that I didn't like anymore because he didn't have a pair of Tim's, like, he was probably the love of my life. But I was like, mm, I'm going to go with Sean because Sean got Tim's. What was his and preferred? Cool, what was the preferred? He was like a, he was like a stockbroker. He was like a young stockbroker kind of kid, oh. like, into finance and stuff. So, he wore suits. Like and, and... Yeah, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, at, like, 16, 17 you know what I mean? Damn. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? He was, like, into that. And He's I was an just adult. like, ugh. Yeah. That, yeah sounds like I just, le- that sounds like less fun in general. It did, but it's, like, probably what I needed instead of sure. kicking it with Bobby and Eddie and <laughs> Hassan and Jason and all those trifling-ass boys that put okay. me through. You know what I mean? They had hella tips. <laughs> <laughs> they had every color damn near. You know what I'm saying? That's In, so in retrospect. Yeah. You know? I'd you- probably be married right now with, like... A cute little picket fence and <laughs> my cute little soccer kids. You know what? That's a weird thing with Tim's for me. Like I, I always look at Tim's um, or my a good friend of mine growing up. He had a pair of Tim's, and I didn't really get uh, mess with Tim's until college. Uh-huh. But then in high school, he was wearing Tim's, but the traction pattern was different. Uh, it wasn't like the standard like star traction mm-hmm, pattern. Yep. It was the more actual like real construction boot really? traction pattern. I was like, oh, these are tougher, but they're not the Tim that I would wear. Right, right. And you know, and also I I skewed more towards we called them mucklucks, but it wasn't really the the typical. It was one that had more, um, it had more panels on it, and it wasn't like the construction boot Tim. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was okay. kind of like in the world of like Eastlands, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, kind of in that more like rugged uh, Americana boot world. Yeah, that that real worker man. Worker man. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Worth the worker man look. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. That's crazy. I yeah. Know, so Tim's. I mean, I definitely have a, a thing for fashion. I, I would say. <gasps> when did you? Uh, so when when did uh, how did you get into styling as a career after you left FIT and graduated? Like, when did when well, did you really step into that? I will I will say this. So with FIT, I took a couple of classes at FIT. You know what what it was was that originally after high school, I kind of graduated high school kind of early. Yep. And in the process of doing um, high school early, there was a program called co op. Co op allowed you to kind of work one week in school and then work another week in the corporate field. Okay. So every other week, I was in corporate. After graduating, I got asked to um, join the job force. So at 18, I had like a full-time job paying me like 25 grand yes. at Credit Suisse, which was like a, a, one of the cool financial yep. um, institutions with stocks and stuff like that. So <clears throat> that was cool. And that's like between that part, at that point, I was kind of putting myself through college at the same time. So I started taking up business and marketing. You know what I mean? So that's where I kind of started at and then ended up transferring to FIT. Took a couple of classes Got and it. stopped at that point um, and started because I couldn't handle the work and college at the same time. 
I, I was falling asleep and I'm like, I'm not going to fall asleep and pay this out my own money. Right. Like, daddy's not giving me the money for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my mom and dad were divorced at this point. So it. it was, things were just a little different. The dynamic was completely different. So I was like, oh man, I can't waste this money. Never mind. <clears throat> I'll do the fashion thing, but it's going to have to come to a hold while I still figure out things as far as work goes. Um, but in between that, I did a little bit of interning at Electric Records, mm. which led me to seeing a couple cool people, um, iconic people like Sylvia Rohn, who's a well-known A&R, but beyond A&R now. But back then, she was like, went the head of A&R out there. And um, a couple of other cool people when they were like blowing up in the 90s, late 90s. And, um, you know, honestly, that kind of led me to it. Mm-hmm. But... I also wanted a clothing line. So in the process of starting the clothing line, I started a t-shirt line called Jeans and Jewels. Okay. And it was cute. It was like really cute wife beaters with sayings and bedazzled diamonds on it. And did stuff. you have distribution too? No, I just, I literally did it. That's the thing about things too, boys and girls. What's important is, it's one thing to have talent, but it's very important to know the analytics of certain things, right. you know? And that's why education is important in whatever you decide to do. You know, so here I am with this talent. I would go to some of these stores and say, hey, I got a T-shirt line. I would love to do this. They'd be like, okay, well, cool. Where's your labels? Yeah. And I'm like, labels? Yeah, right. labels. Where's your labels? And also, do you have this in a different color? And I'm like, Ugh, I don't have that in a different color. And I don't have a lot of money to do with different colors. Like right. little tiny things like that, you know? So it's one thing to have the core talent. That's the gift. But you have to know how to master the gift <clears throat> if you can, you know? So I did that. That was cool. I, you know, I learned it. I did the small little t-shirt line trial and error at the time. And then ended up coming across a friend who was Little Flip's manager. Little Flip is a Houston rapper. Okay. From back in the day. <clears throat> and he was like, listen, Ty, I got this cool girl. She just got signed on my label because he was managing Flip at the time. And I would love for you to dress her. I know you're not really a stylist or you're not into styling. Right. I know you're more design based or you want to be a designer. It'd be cool if you could help me out and dress her. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll give it a try. And plus, I've been doing a little bit of interning here and there at Electra Records. I kind of know the flow of like artists and things right, like that. Right, right. <clears throat> what, were, and what were you doing? How did you land at Electra? It's weird. I It's so weird. I don't really. I'm trying to remember how I got the internship there. I might have just went online and applied, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, and I into I was in the tour marketing department. Um, I worked for a woman named Kim, who actually worked at Viacom for quite some time okay. here as well. Um, and, you know, we did, like, tour stuff. Like, you know, st- I stuffed posters. I got coffee. I dropped off mail for people. I did just all the cool little random things that an intern does. You know, right. basically the flunky that gets everything the flunky done. intern yeah <laughs> yeah the flunky intern you know what i mean totally. which is cute I, I remember one time i was an intern i had to i did i hauled construction trash Man, i came in on a saturday I was a kid, did all day i was like sweaty and, really yeah and the dude just flipped me like 20 bucks <laughs> you're like good job kid yeah like, exactly i, I can't what it is I, I really i don't know if the interns of this generation could survive being an intern back in the day i, agree. I really don't I think so there's too. a different there's a vast difference between the two the mindset because I was getting everything from nail polish to like everything you could think of, just getting right. it done and having tons of things to do. I was probably the busiest person on the floor. 
Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were a hustler. I think you're a hustler. You know what I mean? Yeah, thanks. So I think I, I feel like you would be the busiest thank person. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, as an intern, they just pile. You get so much stuff to do, and you're everyone's intern. That you know, you're leaving super late. Right. You know what I mean? If not later, because you're trying to complete all these tasks, especially if you're someone that's not there every day. You know, and here I am working at the same time as interning. So. He talks to me. He brings me in. <clears throat> um, I'm dressing a young girl named Leah at the time. She has a hit single with Little Flip called Sunshine. And it's like, Sunshine, I could call you my baby boy. You can call oh, okay. Me yes. That yes, hit song. Yes, yes. So that was kind of oh, like. It was a hit song. You're mm-hmm, right. Yeah. It was, a, it was a pretty big hit. And that was like my breakout moment because I did the both of them. And um, that kind of just kind of happenstance. Yeah, just like just like that. Wow. You know, what I mean, it was a little bit of trial and error trying to figure. They were like, out we trust Taisha again. Yeah, the manager was like, "Listen, I trust you. Yeah, I really trust you. I love your sense of style. I already know you're already into clothing. I don't. Ha- I don't want to pay the money that they're charging for a stylist at the moment. Right. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I can give you something as opposed to what I would have to pay like a super duper stylist that's well known. If you'll take the chance with me and my new artist, then let's do it. So that's what happened. It's pretty good. I kind of walked myself through it all trial and error. I bumped my head against a lot of things, but I would say how I got into television and wardrobing would be for the most part. One day there was a, show performance at 106 and park with free and aj sure yeah <clears throat> little flipping classic yeah classic classic television classic folks. television okay very. um so flip is performing there and um and i introduced myself to the fashion director there at the time his name was Llewellyn jenkins and i had just did some stuff for complex magazine with leah and Got it. we have done some tour we did some source um, award performances we did the source award covers we did a lot of stuff so I, I kind of told him my resume a little bit and I was like listen when things slow down if you if you could have me I would love I would lo- I would welcome the honor to be a part of your style team right. at BET and he was like sure I, I think we could do that like we have um, Melissa Ford coming we have <coughs> Terrence and Roxy excuse me Tigger we've got all these people and he just breaks Tigger. down the list wow yeah. Haven't heard that name. Yeah, anymore. he breaks down the list of all the talent that they have, and he's like, you know, when things slow down, I'll try and give you a call in the, you know, in the new year and right. get you to come and and see if you you fit in with the BET family, and he did. Two months later, and things did slow down because Flip's album came and dropped, and you know, it's always like as a stylist, especially when you're working with artists. Um, you have that time where you're super duper busy, but then after the album drops, if it's not a gigantic mega hit, then you don't find yourself as busy, you right. know? So he called at the right time. And then I began working on 106 and Park and wow. Rap City and, you know. Rap City. Yeah. I was, wow. I was, I was a part of the Rap City team. Um, there was a show with Jeff Johnson I did. I did all the spring breaks, the spring blings or spring flings. One of those. I it was love- like in Miami. I would love to, without blowing up people's spots, of course. Yeah. I would love to hear a couple of stories about uh, <laughs> one of the more interesting experiences from working on those properties, because I'm sure that you got some man. stories. I do have stories. It's just that I kind of don't remember them because I was there so long, right? And then I've been here for a long time, right? Um, you ever did you ever have a moment where you had to you had to have a quick solve, or you had to like one time I was on a photo shoot and uh, talent came through without shoes. Ah, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And a dude came through, we're just wearing socks, and and we're like, that's not working. <laughs> so like one of the quick solves was like, so uh, one of um, the PAs was like they were the same shoe size then he was like no we're not wearing that that's disgusting that's gross yeah that is gross I agree <laughs> I agree but also but we, you had to get the job we done. only had 10 minutes mm-hmm. to shoot with the dude so we had to change the change the entire schedule Ooh. and then just like run and go get a pair of Pumas for this guy um, you know that was like literally working at BT and 106 and Park that was our life every day right because it was a live show so guess what that show must and will go on. Right. Shoes or no shoes. Toenail polish or no help. Toenail polish. Right. You will be down there on that set at that call time and make that happen no matter what. So that was like all the time. I, I don't, I'm trying to, there's so many tiny little stories I can't even remember, but I will tell you a recent one here with um, Wild and Out. Nice. So let's go back a couple of years to Wild and Out. First season in New York City. Back in New York on MTV Two, season one, season one, damn, and, and it's a, and it's on season twelve right now, yeah. which is amazing. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. So yeah, so I get called in to do Wildin' Out by Candida Boyette, one of the executive producers at the time. We know each other from working at BT together. Um, <coughs> so excuse me. So we end up um, get I get called. I'm working on Wildin' Out, and I'm told like, hey, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy. It's just going to be really just some t-shirts and stuff and we're gonna dress some wildin' out girls we got five girls you know just toss them a wife beater and let's get on with the show <clears throat> all right cool we get the episode and it's myself and my partner Alyssa keener who's also here she's not here today guys but she's so sweet anyway um we get kevin hart kevin hart's here and he's like yo what's up guys nice to meet you and i was like oh hey kevin nice to meet you i'm ty i'm, I'm doing wardrobe my partner Allie here is doing wardrobe as well what t-shirt do you want he's like t-shirt man i'm trying to shock nick like i i need something that's fire like flashy like what you got and we were like uh so we have a black t-shirt and the red t-shirt <laughs> that's what we got do you know the concept <laughs> of this show there's a team <laughs> thing right. happening he's, he's like no I, this is this is the i'm on the premiere episode yes of this comeback show this reboot I'm not wearing a regular t-shirt. And Allie and I are like, uh, what? He was like, yeah, is there something that you have to make it special or to make what I'm doing, what I'm wearing special? Cause I got to outshine Nick. Right. You know what I mean? He was like, that, that's my, that's the whole ploy of me being here to come here and outshine Nick. That's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a fair assessment. But so he gets here. Now, mind you, you know, if you know anything about production life and celebrities, a lot of times you might find your celebrity talent late than early. And when he came in and finally saw us after being prepped and everything, he probably only had like 30 minutes to get dressed. Right. And here he is telling us, hey. And the way they shoot is. It's quick. It's fast. There, nothing, nothing stops because it's like two shows a day. Right. You know. So here he is like, hey, I really want something better than a a regular t-shirt there's there's got to be something you can do and we were like uh we don't have extra stuff um I, i'm not sure there, there's nothing we can do we can cut the sleeves for you how about that he's like nah that's not gonna <laughs> we work. know you do push-ups kevin Hart. yeah yeah he's like that's not gonna work so ali and i are like oh shit what are we gonna what, what are we gonna do what are we gonna do luckily i had some things from forever 21 i literally took a female leather vest that i was gonna put on one of the the girls 
Wow. Yeah, I took a female leather vest with studding and stuff. I was going to put it on one of the Wild and Out girls to add to the look. Yep. Since they were like, oh, it's only t-shirts and it just looked boring. Yeah. I took that, cut that apart, took it apart, distressed it, and added it onto Kevin's sweatshirt. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so it was cool. Like, And I have pictures on it. I might have it on my gram or something where you literally can see myself and Allie cutting the shirt, the, the leather vest into like squares to add on to patches, to make patches onto his like sweatshirt. Wow. And the, the leather patches had like studs and stuff coming out the side. And how long did it take for you to execute all of that within the time? I would say 12 minutes. Damn. It was 12 minutes. We had a hot glue gun. We stuck that bad boy in the plug, got the glue hot, and we get over it. Got the glue the, hot. <laughs> got the glue hot, and we get over it, that thing. And he wore it. He wore it, so he loved it so much that he actually left set without it and asked someone to come back and get it. Like, yo, I think I left my, my jacket there, my uh, sweatshirt there. Can y'all go and grab it? Has he ever used it again on anything I else? Don't know if he's used, I don't know if he used it again on anything else. But when he came back another season, he asked for the same type of thing. Like, yo, can you do something to my, my shirt to not look like anything else? And That's when he so came cool. out, he literally kind of was like, wild Nick, like, yo... That wasn't a plan. What you what you doing with a hotter <laughs> shirt than me? You know what I mean? So that was that was cool. And that was one of those moments that you kind of fall into as a wardrobe stylist or just as a stylist where right. you're thinking it's one narrative and it's completely something different. And right. you have to be able to, you know, uh, seize the moment. Right. And you have to pivot. Yeah, you have to. There's there's no there's no there's no in between. Yep. No time for negotiation. You just have to do it. You totally. know, it's, it's it's definitely a pressure makes diamonds type of situation. <laughs> oh yeah, I see that a lot right yeah, now. Yeah, pressure makes diamonds. Yeah, Absolutely. It's true. So <clears throat> it, it, that was definitely one of those moments. That's a recent moment I remember, and that was like four or five years ago. Um. So I'd love to know what what's coming up for you. What you're working on coming oh, up? Man. I know. I know. What what can you say? What can't you say? <laughs> well, uh, well, we um. Well, here's the thing. I, I recently just did 50 Central on BET. I did the costume design for that, for all the episodes. That was kind of awesome. Um, late this year, I've been kind of doing a little bit of everything. Obviously, the standard shows here at Viacom. I am working on something called Envision Fest. I'm really proud of it. It kind of is like a special thing that speaks to my soul. It's basically a female version of Complex Con for little girls. So just like how Complex Con has exclusive fashion drops, panel discussions, musical performances, we're going to have that in Brooklyn for young girls October 20th through the 21st. Um, I think we're going to have like Sweetie there performing. We have a couple of people, Tanache headlining at some point. Yeah, so it's cool. And we have a bunch of all female like dope female like DJ sets happening throughout the day, panel discussions on tech fitness, uh, fashion, politics, as far as knowing your voice wow. out here and stuff. So I'm really, really proud of it because we don't really have that for young girls. Is that you one of the me? biggest endeavors you've ever... Yeah, it yeah. sounds really... It's it sounds like a lot of moving parts. Oh my God, there's so many moving parts. Um, It's myself and Sharifa... Um, Sharifa Murdoch who is actually the, one of the founders of a menswear trade show called Liberty Fairs okay so she's down with the whole Project Click Liberty, Liberty Fairs and it's it's really her dream brought to life right she just her and I just kind of got together at one point and did some cool stuff in December for kids for Christmas giving them a bunch of stuff 
and she was like, hey, let's let's really turn this into something. Yeah. You know, it's something that she wanted to do. And I was like, of course, I would love to hop on. So it's myself, her, Laura Styles, um, a couple of other people in the beauty and fashion game and stuff, just putting things together for young girls. And right. we plan on doing it every year for them. You know, I think I think it's a great destinational spot for mommies and daughters and best friends, BFFs. You That's know amazing. I mean? Yeah, and then girl gangs that love clothes and things like that. Where's the venue? It's at Industry City. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. it's a huge it's a huge spot. It's like 10,000 people. Um, we're going to have tons of people. Like a full weekend type yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's a full weekend. It's Saturday and Sunday. Damn. Yeah, and Vision Fest. So, you know, if you ladies, anyone that's young and or young ladies, teenagers, come by and just enjoy the day. It's an all-girl movement, but not necessarily all-girl because it's, it's, you know, it's gender neutral. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so anyone that just has any kind of orientation that they want, of any orientation that w- they want to come and hang out and chill, yeah, learn a couple things, try a couple things, it's going to be great. We have a bunch of brand activations going on. We've got Champion there. We've got Adidas there. We've got a lot of cool brands that will be dropping things as well as music and, you know, good panel discussions. What do you think is the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges that you've tackled so far? Like I'm sure uh, Vision Fest is definitely one of them yeah um i think for me one of my biggest challenges career-wise was going into the world of costume design a little bit and working with that 50 central show Mm -hmm. um it wasn't like the biggest show hit show for bet but behind the scenes it was extremely uh taxing as far as the episodes and the different narratives that had to do that had to get done like i i don't know if you you saw an episode but if you follow the show at some point, there mm-hmm. was something where we had to kind of remake a family, make them modern day and then turn around and turn them into a version of the clumps. Do you remember the clumps when they were at that table? Oh and yeah. Eddie yeah, Murphy yeah. goes from being him to himself to like Mr. Clump. Yep. So we, yep. we kind of did like the that. Table, table round and, yeah. then, and then the sun farts and everyone laughs. Yeah. Yes, yes, and then yes. they turn around and there's something completely different. So there was tons of character changes. So that took a lot of research and, just making people look a certain way and fit in the character and stuff. I had a really great team um, behind me. There was a Bianca Zanders who was like my assistant costume designer. Um, and then a couple of other cool people, Janet and stuff like that. And Jamie, and they kind of helped us through the day. Uh, we had an episode where we had to mimic the cast of power mm. in front of the cast of power. Like they actually showed Although up. I feel like those are always tough. When they you have are. To do... Cause I had to make one girl look like a Lala, make another right. guy look like ghost and, Tommy and you know what I mean and all that so that was a little like okay and that that was a pretty that was pretty dope you know um but honestly I'm really I'm really proud of a lot of the stuff I've done I've done a real a bunch of stuff I've done like digital brand campaigns with Jordan and you know like like it's countless I've done while and out for like the first five years first six years yeah. um I was a big part of just setting the tone of what the the girls and the guys look like now mm-hmm. where everything's kind of like a sports kind yes of feel yes yes you know what i mean oh yeah they just did um they're in a basketball phase yeah, right now. yeah yeah you know but that 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 whole athletic kind of feel where it's like black team versus red team or green blue team versus the red team or whatever the case right. may be That's a big part of the dna right yeah, now. yeah 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 I, I was a big part of it myself and ali we were that was a big thing, setting up that blueprint and making sure Nick is happy mm-hmm. with his direction all the time because he literally controls everything when it comes to the creative. 
of that show you know what i mean yeah so if he's like hey i want to make the girls look like vegas dancers this year i don't want to do cute street urban wear i want to do vegas dancers make that happen and i had to make it happen you know so um there's a there's a lot of cool peaks that i've done let me ask like as we're we're winding down yeah i'm very curious like about about your creative lens right yeah do you feel that your creative lens is uh, um like the way that you view trend because i'm very curious about the way that we view trend Mm -hmm. in general yeah um like do you view trend like is your is your filter um do you absorb things and then your filter is essentially part of you Mm -hmm. or do you do you overtly think that your that your fashion filter or your creative filter is something that you curate with intent based on the the need or the ask um uh, you know like how how much of it is like naturally just tie doing tie and how much of it is like you know like the like the heavy research part and the heavy like i would say 30 30 percent of it is tie doing tie and then everything else is like the analytical part the research of it all mm-hmm. the the making producers happy you know yep. what i mean i also take into account all the time like the people that i'm dressing i make sure that they're comfortable yeah because at the end of the day Yes, I'm creating a character. Yes. But if I put you in something you're uncomfortable in, then you're unable to perform <clears throat> as right. an artist. You know, whether you whether it be a rapper, an actor, a comedian, you're still a performer of some sort, you know? So it's important. I try to find a good, happy medium between the two where everyone is happy. Yes. I'm happy. Producers are happy. And the talent that's wearing it is happy, which is really hard to do. You know what I mean? Right. To find the, the three sectors and find and everyone's happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if, totally. If, and if that isn't a producer, if I'm on a commercial, then I have to make sure the client is happy. You know, but it, it's a lot of there's a lot of approvals that's needed when yeah. it comes to styling and yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, it's true. But yeah, I would definitely say thirty percent of it is is me and whatever I think is trendy enough to, to still remain cool. Yes. But the seventy percent does revolve around the wants and needs of the client the producer and the talent right you know and then me making sure that they're comfortable how long did it take for you to get your psychology game on point do you think hmm. or, or is that more of a natural part of the no no time? no it, it's like the psychology of it all comes with experience so i think it i think it took me years to finally get it and i i I give that to BT mm-hmm. and just knowing, learning at BT because everything was so fast paced. Things had to get done. It was show business, but we had colorful personalities there. So if someone didn't like some, they would definitely tell you. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Whether it's the a the the head producer, the executive producer, or the talent at that point. So um, I would say the psychology of it all. I caught wind of that during my BT years and just brought it with me. Really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. it is a psychological game. Oh, to totally! It's always a psychological yeah, game. Yeah, like, you like, especially like that. when you're... you gotta love that. Look at that on you, yeah. man. I, I feel like look how that brings your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> especially with big personalities, man. Big personalities are it's, it's like gravity. Like for uh. me, it's always like um like uh, dealing with a big planet yeah and then if you're a big planet like yeah. either you can be a tiny asteroid are you gonna get sucked in by the yeah. gravity yeah. or are you <laughs> are you another planet that's gonna is there a push and pull right. happening oh man yeah you know you know um yeah like like that that's definitely a lot of it with the big personalities but i i i've i've found out to me in my experience the 
people that have the bigger the bigger personalities, like the huge, huge stars, yeah. are the nicest. And the ones that aren't the biggest stars yet are the least greatest to work with. I'm nodding, it's I'm a, nodding in affirmation right? on all of it. Isn't that a weird thing, though? The people that are the biggest stars, like the Will Smiths of the world, the Kevin Hart's of the world, like those are like the sweetest things. And someone who's kind of, this is like their first gig on TV, they're like the worst to work with sometimes. Yeah, I you hear know. You. I hear you. But I've really worked with some gems. Like I've been with Charlemagne for a couple of years. I also do Charlemagne um, from time to time when he has his TV appearances. I did his book cover, mm-hmm. the first one, right. and the most recent one that's coming out October 24th, I think. Shook mm-hmm. ones, you guys should get it. Um, it's really Damn, dope. It's cranking out the books. Oh, your boy, your boy is not playing down there. That southern boy is not playing. But I will tell you this: he's the same guy that I met um, when we were doing hip hop POV. Mm. MTV had a show called Hip Hop POV, and that's the show that brought him into MTV. Got and it. he was a host, and I addressed him, Boo, which is Akon's brother, Amanda Seals, and Debbie Brown. And um, that was one of my shows as well. That's what I mean. Like, I have such a resume. I don't even remember half the things that I've done. But that's where I met Charlemagne. And he literally has been the same person. It's funny because, you know, when we first met, he was like, yeah, man, can you make me look like Jeezy? I want to look like Young Jeezy. (laughs) Young Jeezy? (laughs) Young Jeezy. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, the the full Levi suit, the Tims and all that. I'm like, okay. Like, whatever you want. Sure. We'll make that happen. You know, (laughs) meanwhile, Boo wants all Gucci. He wants to wear nothing but Gucci, Boo. That's hilarious. So, um, that that was interesting. But, you know, Charlemagne, to see him go from then to who he was then to who he is now, nothing has changed. Right. Nothing has changed. He's literally been the same guy and he's the same guy that wants to know who you are on set, what you do, what your name is. If he doesn't even remember your name, he's the type to kind of grab, tug somebody and be like, hey, what's that guy's name, by the way? Oh, Just so he could be like, yo, hey, really Sean, thoughtful. thanks so much. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much for helping me. He thanks everyone on set. Sway's the same way. You know, so I've, I've definitely worked with some really cool, cool people. Really gotcha. cool. You know, um, Tamara Dia, I've worked with Roxy Diaz at 106 and Park, Terrence J at mm-hmm. 106 and Park. Awesome, awesome people. You know, AJ, Free. I caught them at the tail end of their 106 and Park era, but yep. they were still wonderful to work with. Joe Torrey. Like, it, the, the list goes on, you know, as far as the people I've worked with. But yeah, I would definitely say, like, the psychology of it all is interesting, you know, um, and, you know, 70% is a big part of the 70% is just making sure yeah. the other analytics of styling is done properly. Gotcha. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so last question. Last Coming question? down to it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure. Because then that puts pressure on me, to be honest, to ask a good question. I could ask a real bad one. Uh, no, but uh, do you have anything Rich. to say about, uh, to like the, you know, like the young fashionistas out there? Anything that that is, uh, what's because I, I think you have such a unique point of view and also a unique career perspective mm-hmm. and a career career trajectory yeah like like Thanks. what yeah what's the what can you say about um the aspirationals you know the aspirationals for the young fashionistas i know we're living in a world where it's it's more about to seem than to be it's important to be it's really important to be because eventually you will be tested whether it's on social media or in real life. And if you aren't who you're perceiving yourself to be, it'll it'll show. 
at some point in time. Yeah. So it's better to work on the being than the seeming. And I say that in a sense of like, take an internship, follow someone, go to find a mentor, you know what I mean? Learn about the craft that you want to study and know that, you know, yes, there's fashion styling, but there's so many facets of fashion styling. You know, you have someone like a June Ambrose who has been with Jay-Z for years and other, who has also dressed other talent people, Milsa, mm-hmm. Amisa Hilton Brin, who mm-hmm. works with just musical artists. And then you have someone like me who's in wardrobe and I do TV stuff. Yeah. You know, commercials, short films, things like that. You also have like, other random stylists that do just e-commerce as well, you know, and I don't mean random in that sense, but just there's so many facets of styling, you know, and your best, your best narrative and your best advantage would be to try and experience all versions of it. Right. To see if that's something you want to do and see if that's the one you want to do in particular. Totally. You know, cause you also have, um, docu-series television right. mini-series television where you can work in a union and be working on the next Netflix film right. you know where those are like 16 hour days that might be something you might be into or you might want to work in music television like I do like so you know the, the, the possibilities are endless but you would only know that if you're more concerned about being than seeming so gotcha. it's important to be than to seem I love that. Thanks, right? That was good. Yeah, that was good. Where can our listeners find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Ty Turner. That's T Y Turner, like Tina Turner. I also have a two additional Instagrams: World of Fly Girls, which is a gram that highlights all women that inspire ambitiously. So any girl that's doing cool things, I'm going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, I might cover a girl in Japan, cover a girl in South Africa, cover a girl in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Like, it just depends what you're doing. If it inspires, you're going to see your picture up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to cover music and fashion as well. And then I have the Style High Club, which is my agency. Um, it's We represent a bunch of girls, wardrobe-wise. We handle all kinds of TV sets wardrobe sets anything that's all things wardrobe you can find on the style high club wow yeah so it's cool oh by the way i just did something with jay balvin he's such an awesome oh my god so sweet he was super sweet he's like like a major major yeah i know and he put us on his like insta story yeah we remember you told me that yeah i was like he was like let's take a picture and we were like what you want to take a picture with you he's like yeah i'm like whoa so that dude's got like continents following him. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and he's and he's a style god. He loves clothes. That's amazing. So that's that's kind of cool as well. So yeah, and you can find all those kind of cool things that I do if I'm not on a commercial TV set or here at Viacom or with an artist or working on a TV show. You can find all that on the Style High Club is, which is at the Instagram. Amazing. Yeah, and I'm always looking for a young, 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 ambitious people that want to learn about what I do or want to do what I want to do or want to try and think about it. You know, I have no problem holding your hand and showing you the way because I definitely hit my head along the way because I didn't have a mentor necessarily like that. Right. So I'm more than happy. I'm everybody's big sister. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your sister in fashion, guys. There you go. On that note, thank you so much, Ty. Rich, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. Oh, my pleasure. Friend. And I still owe you that $20. (laughs) Yeah, you do owe me that $20 for all that love I tossed you earlier. (laughs) You know? So that was Ty Turner. Such good energy and a great person. Um, I love her. I love her to death. And I was glad to be able to uh, give a little bit of her to you guys. 
So that's it for episode seven of season three. I'm not sure if I'm going to be calling them seasons anymore or what I'm going to be doing with that. But for right now, it's still season three. Um, also, be sure to check out the website firstgenburden.com. Should be up very soon, um, either today or tomorrow. Um, and I'll have all the episodes and all the episodes uh, moving forward. And I want to give it up to Desjin, our sponsor, Ben Sounds on Music. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's rich underscore TU on Instagram, Twitter, and all those other places. Thanks for listening to First Generation Burden. I'm Rich Too. Bye.